Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. It's great to have you two back after I was pretty much running things for the last two episodes all by myself. Yeah, sorry, we didn't mean to abandon ship and let, make you handle all the positions, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's my bad. I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, well, I mean, look, we made it through. And the important thing is that you two are back actually doing some work for once now. Yeah, because we totally went on a vacation to Japan and had a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes, that's totally what we did, Amato. (laughs) Well, you came back with some very cool souvenirs earlier. Yeah, cool cool deck of cards. Yes. I got all my Hollow Life girlies on. It's great. Or at least 52 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not 52, because some of them are are, are pairs and different versions and that's right anyways <laughs> no okay we, we can drop the bit thank you so yeah. much for yeah. like running and recording a couple of episodes oh no problem i've had lots of times where i was off for a bit for shows and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah it's only fair <laughs> and yeah it's been a crazy last month but in addition to family trip and anniversary trip to japan and like a, my spouse starting a new job and like school starting up again yeah uh, i said in addition to all those things but that was pretty much the thing actually <laughs> yeah. oh in addition to those <laughs> everyone's been sick like on and off for like a month in my family mm-hmm. uh yeah well and you know you've got two kids yeah those are some of the people who got sick and kids yeah. who are in contact with other kids and that's just yep you know recipe for disaster <laughs> i mean look being a substitute teacher does not help that cauldron of oh, disease it does Dang, not yeah. no yeah because i just see my sister's kids every so often but that's enough to get me sick on a regular basis <laughs> no doubt <laughs> Uh, yeah, the hardest part was trying to come up with bits for why you weren't there. I don't think we did one for the Karate Kid episode. <laughs> no, no, because I ran that one and I'm not as funny as Della. <laughs> I was off standing up to the challenge of my rivals. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's totally oh, it. wait. Mm-hmm. Did we do a bit like We should have. <laughs> I don't think we did. No. I, oh, it's already published. Otherwise, one, it'd be like, put in yeah. post. I just had one for the Star Trek one because I th- thought of it like a week before and wrote it down because <laughs> that's how we plan most of my jokes. I am almost <laughs> positive that I made a joke about you being at a karate tournament or something, but okay. I might not have. Definitely thought it very hard, I think. I probably <laughs> thought it. Yeah, Della, you listened to the episode more recently. Yeah. Anyway, that's not at all what we're talking about today, but as usual, we're off track. Right. But I mean, look, it is connected to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a... It's a and um, that like I just sprung on you too. I didn't even like try to find a fan person. Sorry, because I'm terrible about that these days. But like, it's just been on my radar for so long that I kind of really wanted to get around to talking about it. Well, you didn't actually like spring it. I remember you brought up this idea of this 1978 manga mm-hmm. with a gentleman thief that was explicitly gay. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> I yeah. really want to know more about this. So it's. Um, it's a little bit surprising, right? The extent to which this is like, yes, this character wants to have sex with men. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very direct. Yes. Um, and if you notice in the manga, uh, all the artwork he steals is of handsome men most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's so many layers of stuff to discuss here that I think we should, like, I guess I, I want to spring into it, okay? Mm-hmm. We're reading a fanfic today based on From Eroica with Love. From Eroka with Love, Eroka Kara Ai o Komete, is a manga from, like you said, like 1978. And it's by, um, by what's her face? Yasuko Aoyoke. And she's one of the year 24 group. 
The Year 24 group is a bunch of female mangaka who were all born in the same year in like Showa 24, mm -hmm. who were mm. super influential. And so it's not like a group that had like a membership. It's like, oh, yes, we're meeting oh. at the Year 24 group club. It's like a just a notional like after the fact, it's like, hey, there was this whole wave of women who were like super, super important and influential. So she was a contemporary of and lumped in with the same group as, for example, Ryoko Ikeda, author of Rose of Versailles. Mm. Moto Hagio, who's been getting a lot of English translations these days, like she did uh, Heart of Thomas. I don't know if you read like any of Moto Hagio's stuff and either of you. Um, but like she's also good. And, you know, several other people who have not really like been translated into English so much. That, wow, that's so funny because I didn't know that. Mm hmm. Um, I did not do a ton of research because I've been super busy. <laughs> but as I was talking to my sibling, Chris, about this, um, I was like, yeah, this must have been one of those like sort of seminal gay comics. And of course, like they brought up Rose of Versailles. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. That too. And then my, I guess my mind is just jumping around going, this must have been a whole like movement in a yeah. sense, right? These this group was really what pushed the existence of male male romance. Though I also note, looking at this, um, you know, Wikipedia article I have pulled up about the Year Twenty Four group, Ryoko Yamagishi is credited with writing the first work in the yuri genre. So, like, it wasn't all men. Um, that's not for Sai, though, is it? No, uh, that, that's a different Ryoko. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, you know, things are not a little bit queer in Rose of Versailles either, right? <laughs> I also want to note, by the way, when I pulled up the Year 24 Group Wikipedia article, mm -hmm. other associated individuals are listed there, and I'm delighted by the listing of Norie Matsuyama, a friend of Takamiya and Hagios who is credited with introducing them to magazines such as Barazoku and other literature, music, and films that would come to heavily influence their manga. <laughs> She's historically significant for being that friend who is like hey you got to watch this <laughs> well which you know has a lot of significance when you didn't have the internet so no, absolutely oh, yeah. I, i'm delighted by like <laughs> yeah. by that being like wikipedia you know mention worthy <laughs> i've been that friend but i don't think i have a wikipedia article for it yet all right, you no, not for that. No, for this podcast, I think. Well, we have a fan lore article. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have a Wikipedia article. But in any case, the Japanese history angle is not why this is important in the context of our podcast about English fan works, right? Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because it's it was a manga that was translated into English and distributed as a fanzine. And that's what this was considered originally. I have a copy right here of From Eroka with Love, number one through three. It's bound with one of those plastic, what do you call these? Um, like bindy things? Like, yeah, like when, like anyone who's been like in a college class and your professor hands out something and it's got like colored construction paper on the front and it's got all the pages in between and it's bound with that black plastic spiral thing that's what it is yeah last time i i had something like that it was for a, a, a script <laughs> yeah and you know you look inside it's translated you know it's fan translated by someone who clearly took the original manga pasted their translation over it and then photocopied it it's very cool if you're like me and you like old weird fandom things i also have to note they didn't flip the pages. 
but they bound it American style left to right. I I don't know that that's a choice that seems a little odd to me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that is odd. But Amato, do you have a date for the translation? I don't. I thought it was earlier than it is because if I look on fan lore, all it says is like of uh, early nineties, like mm. at or before nineteen ninety four. Like they're not sure. There's no date listed on this. I think. Um, but so before. 1994 or before again i thought it was a little bit earlier but it's still pre kind of the internet as we know it and i looked up there's this whole website sorry i'm kind of excited about this <laughs> in the research for doing this i looked up history of fan translations right and there's a website now um about the history of manga scanlations it's called inside scanlation the interesting thing about it is it mentions like a 1970s you know, text translation of Phoenix because people were doing text translations of manga before they were doing like actual scanlations. Does not mention from Iroko with love on the website or the timeline or anything. And that's because looking at the fan lore article on from Iroko with love, they note that this was not part of the anime manga fandom. This came out of the fanzine fandom. And so the people reading this were not the people who were reading like a bunch of other manga. Apparently, the manga historians aren't even aware of it because it was like kind of just a separate, you know, domain of people and interests. Can you clarify the difference between the fanzine and manga fandom? Thank you. That was my question. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about the fanzine, like the fanfic distributions through fanzines that were mostly about live action shows. The translator of this was big in the professionals fandom, for example. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes movies, that sort of thing. Anime, the anime fandom did have zines, but like, um, you know, the things like manga translations only really took off with the internet that kind of made things more available. Yeah. Uh, we've run into other, I, I know there's like other, other fanzines, like mo er, early manga ones. We read that really old Vampire Hunter D fanfic as well. Uh, but it seems right. like this was mostly, this was more in the realm of like the people writing male-male romance based on like TV shows and such, like the professionals or whatever. Um, and that's what From Roku with Love mm. appears to have, um, you know, made headway into, like into those fandoms. Falls into that niche. And now, you know, it's interesting and, and I feel like we could dive very deep into, actually, I proposed an episode about... <laughs> uh, people writing queer romance especially people like isn't that like every episode a different gender <laughs> well be. no my my proposal was going to be it's i think particularly women writing mm -hmm. gay male relationships mm -hmm. it's like a big thing in manga it's a big thing on the internet it's a blah 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 blah. i proposed a whole episode idea about that like not specifically that but i find it fascinating that this through line is is dating back that far and like again not going to deep dive but <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> fandler also says this started coming out in the late 1980s late, i think that the, must be right late late 80s late, yeah late 1880 late 1980s <laughs> <laughs> late 2080s I, i'm sorry because we, we just did a karate episode where the fan fiction mentioned it being the late 80s constantly. So that, that was just triggering for me. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, being a woman in the late 80s. After all, this is the late 80s. <laughs> there, there were other Eroica fanzines with fanfics and stuff in, you know, in that time period. So I assume this must have come out before that. Mm. 
Um, anyway, we were reading a fanfic. I found it on a now defunct website. Well, maybe that website's not defunct. Um, Belladonna.org hosts a lot of, or hosted, because I'm accessing it through the Wayback Machine, a lot of Eroka fanfiction. Um, some of it was originally from zines and uploaded online. A lot of it was just written online. And the person hosting that had a page for recommendations. My favorite Eroka fix of those available online. They had to specify because some of them were only available in fanzines, right? Mm. And this was the first on that list. The website host's description is uh, Peripatea. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Before we talk about the fanfic, what are we talking about? <laughs> we should explain what the deal is with Eroica. Because, mm-hmm. like, Della, you didn't even read the fanfic, right? You read some of the manga? I read as much of the manga as I could. This isn't my, my cup of Earl Grey hot, no. Did you get through <laughs> chapter two? Yes. I think I started reading through chapter two, and I think I flipped through it towards the edge. Was that the one with the submarine? Um, yeah, there's a submarine at some point, with, isn't there? With, with the guy, and they're all, like, huddling together. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's I, chapter I two. flipped through that one. I'm, wait, but the tank is when they're all That's also chapter together. two. That's also chapter two. These are long chapters. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get they to the submarine. Really quickly. I, yeah. I basically got through the part with the tank. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, fair enough. From Aroka with Love, it's kind of a... It's, it's a, a comedy. Freaking, it's like a bait and switch, right, though? Because you start out with these teenagers with... Uh, special abilities yeah yes. I, thought, I thought it was going to be about the teen group my understanding is so did the author the author introduces first thing in the first chapter these characters and they are psychic college students and they have the best names because this author gives the best names and they, they have like an intro profile page where they're all standing next to each other right their descriptions and their powers <laughs> but but seriously let me just let me just say their names are leopard solid Sugar Plum and Caesar Gabriel. Okay. I, oh wait. So is this Metal Gear Solid? I know. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, fine. There's no leopard in Metal Gear Solid, but you know, there's, well, leopard solid is possible, <laughs> right? Because there's a uh, ocelot and yeah. there's mm-hmm. um, like, iron ocelot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, 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 calming down now. Right. And they're psychic, and they come into conflict with this phantom thief. And he he's the cool kind of Phantom Thief where he's got a whole crew. Mm-hmm. He's kind of at the border between Phantom Thief and Batman villain because he's like, I will steal the beautiful things. And it's like, look, beauty isn't quite specific enough to be a Batman villain, but I like where you're headed. No, like, I, I put him more on Batman villain, I think. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't, th- this isn't a lot about how he thieves stuff. He just thieves it. He just thieves it, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's just his <laughs> verb. Because like a, a, a Phantom Thief style villain would be about how clever they are in pulling these things off. Right, I guess so. And this one is just well, about him being so rich no, that he does it. <laughs> he's the gentleman thief, rather. Gentleman thief. Yeah. So mostly he's, he's aristocracy. So mostly it's about him talking and teasing people, and the actual thieving isn't the focus of it, which is, means more Batman villain than Phantom Thief character. Indeed, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's also very Oscar Wilde, right? Like, you have this, you know, uh, foppish sort of flamboyant mm-hmm. man who is wealthy and uh he only cares for aesthetics like he's basically oscar wilde <laughs> <laughs> you're right and his name is dorian red gloria the earl of Which gloria also like picture of dorian gray like there's it's gotta be i right? think i think probably <laughs> uh well and, yeah there's also a lot of reference to um you know like renaissance culture of yeah uh, Older than Renaissance. I don't know the eras too well. Beethoven. Art history. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the, the name takes reference from a but 
uh, Beethoven Sonata, which I, I just saw it written in Japanese the first time on the front of this um, fan mm-hmm. translation. Just realized in Japanese it's eroika, <laughs> right? <laughs> which which means it, isn't it ironic? Um, not ironic, erotic. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it ironic? Though? Yeah, it's both. <laughs> so the first chapter of the manga, the deal is. Uh, Dorian meets Caesar Gabriel, who's like the hot one, and falls in love with him and is like, I will have you because I have all the, be- I, I will possess all the beautiful things that I see that I want. And it's this whole back and forth. And, you know, there's sort of like this, uh, he's kind of a sex pest. He's like, you know, he kidnaps Caesar and like, it's like, oh no, will he force himself on Caesar? But no, he's not that kind of sex pest. And then by the end, it's like, oh, actually, he's actually super cool and Caesar's kind of in love with him too. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And like, you do have to somewhat like the character, I guess, like, because he has a value system. His value system is if I find something to be beautiful, then I want to have it. Yes. That is his character. And that is the psychology Batman can play against. He's kind of, you know, which they do later. They do. It's kind of (laughs) great, but he doesn't. Yeah. But he doesn't like, um, how do I put it? Like, he's not, uh, well, this will come up in the fanfic. He's not going to assault a gorgeous right. man. He's going to try to win his heart. He just that might involve him. kidnapping. It might in involve fact, it kidnapping. definitely will involve kidnapping. Yes. Knockout gas so, and kidnapping. But, right. like, still, it's not like he, he doesn't take any pleasure from taking it per se. It's more about, like, having the ultimate possession right. of it. And when that comes to people, that's winning their heart. And by the way, he's the leader of the thief group called Eroica, but he you might also call him Eroica because everyone else is just a flunky, whatever. Well, because he always says from Eroica with love right. over and over. So it's just like, why wouldn't you associate that with the guy? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the thing is, that's chapter one. Mm-hmm. And apparently what happened is you see the traces of it in chapter two. That's like, oh, yeah, the psychic kids are still going to be important and we're going to bring back Caesar Gabriel. But really what happens is that the author introduces another foil, Major Klaus Heinz von Eberbach, who has too much chemistry with the Earl of Gloria, and then the rest of the series is just the two of them. Like, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things that happens in series. It's just doesn't, it doesn't usually happen this fast, where, like, by the end of chapter two, it's like, oh, yeah, forget those kids. Well, like, I, I think <laughs> chapter two starts off with the two of the three kids being in Scotland, just not not in the story. Yeah, the, the author, like, it's even a little mentioned there. It's like, yeah, oh, we're going to be stuck here for the rest of the chapter. The author's like, just like I wanted. Yeah, from the first chapter, it kind of gets the impression that's all going to be the the 16-year-old girl's point of view. Indeed. Nope. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Then, then she's just kind of written out of it. Yep. Yeah. And then she's just paired off with a 19-year-old boy, and they're just... Off stage. They're off whatever. And even Caesar Gabriel, he's kind of like, he's more of a MacGuffin in here, but like, I mean, he kind of was in the first chapter too. But it's like, he's really not what it's about. There's like. Well, and then the first chapter, you think it's going to be about the romance between Caesar and uh, Dorian. But then in the second chapter, when Klaus is introduced, uh, Caesar's only purpose is well, he runs around crying a lot and he has to be rescued. And then in the final uh, scene of that first part, um, they all have to huddle get together. Basically, Klaus and Dorian have to huddle against Caesar to keep him warm, which facilitates the robots between Klaus and Dorian. Right. 
let's introduce Klaus a little bit. Okay. Yeah. If if Gloria is, you know, gay for crime, mm-hmm. Klaus is like asexual for law and order. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I don't know if you mean asex- asexual for something. But yeah, okay. you know, well, yeah. you know, he's trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Romantic. No, he's he's the very he's the very <laughs> cutting edge character of like a very serious German guy who's like you know militarily efficient. Yeah, very serious German guy with long flowing hair. <laughs> <laughs> By long, the way, black hair. Yeah, the way this is drawn is like every character is like. I, wa- I was going to say like nine heads tall, but now that I'm looking at this freaking page, <laughs> they're like 12 heads uh, tall. I was just looking at this page and comparing Klaus's legs to the yeah. rest of it, and his legs are a torso and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but so anyway, the style is, it's very much of its era. Very much of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, this looked familiar to me because like every time in every manga or anime where they, they parody like a shoujo style, this is the, the parody they go into. Right, this style with this chin, <laughs> the long hair, okay. and, the, and the eyes. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty close, Ryoko Ikeda, frankly. Like, yeah. um, well, it's also just the kind of a Showa style. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, I think the lovely thing um, about manga from the seventies is that you know it was the era of long hair, mm-hmm. so like everyone just has these like flowing locks and flowing clothes. So it's really pretty to look yeah. at. Gabriel's hair is pr- pretty pretty. It's I nice. mean, Gabriel's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, Corey, you talked about how, um, how Gloria is endearing as an antagonist, kind of like kind of charming, I guess. And I feel like so is Klaus. And I think part of what makes him work is that it's not that he's a impassive, emotionless machine. On the contrary, he's constantly annoyed. He's getting annoyed Mm -hmm. by everything. One of the first things that happens is he sees Gloria's sports car and he's annoyed just by anybody buying a, like, that that car, or what is it? Whatever type it is. Only a frivolous narcissist would buy it. I dislike anybody who'd drive that kind of car. It's like, yeah. it's like why would and you waste yet. so much money on it? He, he's like annoyed just by seeing a fancy car. And so he, obviously he has far better reasons to be annoyed over the course of the rest of the series, and he is. But like, this is the juxtaposition of the characters. One is absolutely obsessed with aesthetics, and the other um, eschews them. However, even in just this chapter two, they have such a really good dynamic going with that. You're about to talk about it. Please do. (laughs) My favorite thing, and admittedly, I didn't get super far in the manga, about as far as I got, which is where I started to really like it, was, um, I will just explain this part of the chapter. Dorian comes in, he, they're both lords. Yeah, of course they are. Like, yeah. So Klaus (laughs) has a bunch of family estate art. And he has a painting of his ancestor that looks particularly like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorian finds that very gorgeous. And of course, he covets it. So he steals it. And then, <laughs> well, first of actually, before he steals it, he has a chance to encounter Klaus. And Klaus says, yes, it's worth as much as a leopard tank, right. which is apparently a big, fancy tank. Dorian is appalled. He's like, a tank? A weapon? You look at this beautiful what? piece of this art beautiful- and all you yeah. think about is the weapons it could buy? Right. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, uh, later on, blah, 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 chase ensues. Mm-hmm. Klaus shows up chasing Dorian in, in the a, tank. Right. And they get stuck together. And Dorian's like, I'm starting to admire the beauty of this tank. You know, he starts to like really right. think about like the polished steel and the aesthetic lines of it. And he's like, I think I can understand 
And then Klaus being a fucking idiot when they're rescued because they're stranded. There's only room for two of the helicopters. Caesar and Klaus, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Leaves Dorian with the tank. Of alone course, with the tank. Alone right. with the tank. And so and he's the, halfway, you know, to the hospital with Caesar because Caesar's in crisis. So right, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, wait, yeah, wait a minute." <laughs> he runs back. Yeah, uh, Gloria's stolen the tank, and he's left behind the painting in exchange, saying, "Like they're worth the same." Yeah, he leaves a note <laughs> that says, "I have returned your painting in equal value for your tank," because <laughs> he appreciates the aesthetics of the polished steel after talking with Klaus. <gasps> It's but so also because he knows though. it's right. going to piss him off because right. it's, he's mirroring his words. He's echoing his words back to him. Oh, yeah, this painting's as valuable as a tank. But then, yeah, he does start to appreciate the aesthetics of the tank. And it's also um, a metaphor for his appreciating Klaus exactly. at that point. So. It's really good. Like, it, I mean, it's good. I can tell why the <laughs> author was immediately like, forget Psychic Kids. This is the manga now. And also why the fandom like latched on, like the fandom who are already looking for kind of like male characters with chemistry must have like latched onto this real hard because mm-hmm. the chemistry is pretty outrageous. Well, yeah, and we already have an explicitly queer character, two explicitly queer characters because Caesar is as well and is in love with Dorian. And at first you think that's going to be the relationship. Klaus is staunchly proclaiming his heterosexuality at least through the part that i read yeah well yeah no and and he's he has insults for you know gloria based on his queerness and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. i it doesn't hit too hard because you feel like he'd have insults for pretty much anybody uh but it is there you know fairly Mm -hmm. regularly by the way i do have to comment um one of the angles i'm coming at this series from is that the first show by the takarazuka musical review that i saw in study abroad uh, was El Halcón, which was based on another manga by this author. And that's the one featuring Tyrion Persimmon, the ancestor of uh, Klaus. <gasps> and that's who the painting is of in this manga. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, because uh, listeners, you can't see what I'm seeing. But <laughs> we should make this the episode image. Sure. I mean, it's not actually uh, Klaus, but he's supposed to be the spinning image of Tyrion Persimmon. And of course, the, of course, that manga, which was Seven Seas and Seven Skies, and then the follow-up El Halcón, it also features Gloria's ancestor, Luminous Red Benedict, because apparently we're going by um, One Piece rules here, where like their mm. middle name is both red, so they're connected. Wait. <laughs> okay, yeah. Gloria well, Red. If the middle wait, name is a Dorian Shir- Red Gloria. ancestor name, then that makes sense. I guess that does make sense. Yeah. I, I've got to say, I love the way she writes names for these European characters. Luminous Red Benedict. I want to be clear, his first name is Luminous. No, it's clear. Yeah. Okay, j- just a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an adjective. That's his given name. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to say it seems pretty Metal Gear, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, th- th- sorry, that's just a comment to the painting, the woman, uh, the, the man in purple, which also comes up in the fanfic we're reading. Anyway, we should probably talk about this fanfic. So there's a fanfic. We read it. Are we good? Uh, you two no. Read it, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not good. Um. So, so tell me a, a tale of this fanfic. What What did I miss? <laughs> all right. It's a lot. Della. It, there's a lot. <laughs> so, but but we can go over it in broad strokes. Mm-hmm. It's called Peripatia. Is how, Peripatia? How do you say that? What language is that? 
It's Greek. Add it par- I would say para. Oh wait, parapetia. But I am not sure if that's correct. The author kindly gives the definition for it before the fanfic starts. Sudden change in fortunes in drama, the climax and turning point of a tragedy, whatever, the lead into catastrophe. It's by Sylvia. Sylvia on the internet. Thank you, Sylvia. Just Sylvia. Just yep. Sylvia. And um, the deal is. Klaus is back at his family home for a wedding of a relative, and he's not happy about that. He has a strained relationship with his father, and he hates weddings, but like he's driven by duty, including family duty, and so he shows up. Mm-hmm. Gloria's also there, apparently, to muck around, steal stuff because he likes weddings, because he knows Klaus is going to be there, you know, maybe steal that painting back if he feels like it. You know, he's got whatever reasons he needs. Mm-hmm. And the first part of the fanfic is them kind of knocking around. There's uh, eventually Klaus realizes Gloria's there. Yes. Well, yeah. there, there's also like the the fanfic alternates perspectives. It does between Klaus's. It's third person, but it's third person omniscient. Um. Ex- uh. No, it is omniscient, but only into one character's insight. Wow, my brain isn't working correctly. Anyway, the point is, is that. It's Klaus's perspective. It alternates first. perspectives, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then alternates to Dorian's. And in the first part, we get this strained relationship Klaus has with his father. We also get some good pieces of writing. We do. Um, I love this. He shows up at the door, and the maid tries to take his briefcase, and he is like something about how she can't distinguish a briefcase from luggage, but that like he's like, whatever. There was nothing in his briefcase except empty paper, several pencils sharpened to the point where they could be used as offensive weapons, and a supply of cigarettes. Klaus wasn't about to bring secret documents into a castle filled with relatives, servants, and assorted other rabble. There would be plenty of other things to worry about. And that's the tone setting, kind Mm -hmm. of, for the whole scene. I also like... uh, Dorian's perspective is pretty fun. Uh, Sorry, Dorian is Gloria. Dorian, Earl of Gloria... Dorian's perspective is pretty fun when the author is not leaning too hard into horny for Klaus as like his character trait. Um, and so like, I like that it's, it starts off in counterpoint to Klaus hating weddings. It starts off from his perspective with weddings. Dorian loved weddings. Everyone got out their very showiest jewels and didn't worry about the emeralds clashing with the rubies because for an occasion like this one, cousin Ethel would be turning up in her diamond tiara and they really couldn't let her think she had somehow managed to put one over on them. Now, could they? Such determined cheer and ostentation. Such delightful indulgence in champagne. Anyway, it's just fun because it's clear that in addition to liking stealing things at weddings, he just likes weddings also because that's the kind of person he is. Yes, but then that's that quote in particular is also this kind of wonderful lead in to, I mean, we know if we know the source, what's going to happen because he's going to try to steal something. Right. But then that, directly following the indulgence in champagne is and such large and only partially familiar crowds of relatives close and remote friends old new colleagues neighbors acquaintances thieves (laughs) lovely perfectly lovely and you know thieves referring to himself of course then we kind of have the setup for the caper um in a way um yeah i mean it's not much of a caper though really the caper kind of gets derailed um, he like he. It's interesting. He has like everything set up. Like his men are going to show up in a like catering truck for them to smuggle things out. He's kind of expecting to steal the man in purple again, um, just because he decided he wanted it back. Because why not? 
Um, but there's oh, and and there's like subplots happening where like Klaus's family is trying to set him up to get married just because it's like it's time you got married and had some heirs, mm-hmm. kid, like that kind of thing. And he has no interest in that. But also, there's this vibe where like he's gonna end up doing it at some point anyway because family duty. Yeah, and um. Yeah, there is like a, a typical wedding stuff happening. Like in Dorian's perspective, he's hearing women gossip about Klaus. And at one point, like, you know, a, a woman goes like, <laughs> <laughs> is all I could read it as three, four R's. Yeah, no, that, that, I think R's. that's the intent. Um, Except, and, you know, in German. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. So it's back in the throat. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I should never try that again. Um. And then, like, the bride goes, yes, I agree, uh, but the, f- but that fact won't do anyone any good, I'm afraid. I should have been quicker to introduce you. Still, you should steer clear anyway. You'll only catch frostbite. <laughs> so there was a lot of commentary on, yeah, Klaus having turned down potential brides and being cold, yeah. which it, it's, it's all good characterization, um, which is what makes way the plot turns to me like especially shocking well there's not the plot is not heavy is the thing right where like what happens is um klaus does turn out dorian kind of grills him about like why are you so obsessed with me actually there's an interesting thing where like klaus finds dorian in disguise immediately realizes he's a thief because he's like in the wrong area of the house and it's like oh god i have to deal with a thief fine whatever come with me and later on, only later on, does he realize it's Gloria? Like he, he doesn't. Well, he was, I, I was heavily disguised. I was but confused they don't, actually. Like I, I just yeah. assumed Klaus recognized him at first, but in fact, he. Anyway. Oh, um, I know because, like, well, where I got in the manga, like, he usually doesn't do elaborate disguises, but uh, whatever. They like, I wrote a note where I was like, "How does he not recognize him?" And then immediately after that, I got to the paragraph where they were like, elaborately described his. Di- disguise and like Mm -hmm. all the makeup and padding and prosthetics and wigs and i was like okay fine (laughs) (laughs) but i should have been clear like i feel like that should have been clear beforehand that he was in that disguise otherwise like because at that point you're like yeah he's totally gonna recognize him and it kind of comes as a surprise that he doesn't there's kind of discussion in both dorian's mind and when klaus finds him about like why are you in love with me anyway like i you know, what, what, why me as opposed to like any of the other more beautiful men than me that exist in the world or whatever. And we can come back to that later if we want to just kind of step through the plot. Because the main plot happens where like, uh, Klaus's dad brings back his, like, in, brings in his godfather to talk to him. What is it? An, is it an uncle? No, it's his godfather. Whatever, godfather, yeah, and, uh, close. Uh, his father's like very close friend. close friend, yeah. Who and Klaus gets immediately, you know, violent and angry. Like I thought, I told you never to like step in my presence again. Like so violent that in I guess true kind of over the top Eroica style, they end up shooting him with a tranquilizer hunting gun. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and <laughs> yes, this scene is from uh, Dorian's perspective, and this is what I appreciate is that. Every scene where Klaus expresses like a lot of emotion is from, from Dorian's, Dorian's perspective. Perspective, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's done very well about it is from the outside in, you can see all the things that are wrong, even though Dorian doesn't see them. Somehow the author makes that transparent. Mm-hmm. So 
is the source material just like these three chapters of manga or is there more? Oh, there's way, way more. I just don't have other volumes here. Sorry. Okay. So it's an ongoing thing. Oh yeah. I was just wondering if these, who was it? Klaus's family is canon characters or is this original for the story? That's a very good question. And the author addresses at the start of it. Tori, do you have that pulled up? Yeah. At the very, the author has a note at the very beginning. Um, they say Tyrion with the ancestor in right. the painting, Dorian, Klaus, his father and butler are all Aroica related things and sole property of Yasko out. Okay, sorry, I did not pronounce What I have done to them is no fault of hers. <laughs> I, I love I love just that traditional self-deprecation of like fanfic authors. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't overdo it, you know, I find it a little bit endearing. Yeah, it's got that bit of that fanfic.net flavor to it. Right. <laughs> they also say the other characters don't exist either. And while the town of Eberbach <gasps> does, I have felt free to rearrange it and dabble in its history. So there's an implication that they're changing some things around that probably came up in later chapters and that also they've invented the character of the Godfather. But the dad and butler are... Dad and the butler exist. I mean, the butler hardly plays a role, so... But is excellent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Gloria, Dorian, I keep wanting to call him Gloria as in like, you know, the the Lord type address, right? Well, Um, I just keep on thinking of Gloria in Excelsis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorian immediately disguises himself as a doctor and it's like, oh, I'll take care of this man. And like, you know, gets him into a private room and helps him come to, except that takes like, what, how long? Like three hours? It's like, anyway, when he comes to, they have a discussion. Klaus is, a, is very emotional. That's when he's like grilling Dorian on like, why are you even still after me? And, you know, like, um, you well, waste wait. a ridiculous amount of energy and effort on this endeavor that's doomed to failure. It wouldn't be worth all the trouble. Like, why are you behaving like an idiot? Why the hell don't you think it through and accept the undeniable facts of life? Don't be silly. Having you in my bed, it will be well worth all the trouble, Dorian said, not thinking at all. Um, and he, he, he wasn't thinking because he's trying not to rile up Klaus and usually making any reference to sexuality is like not a good, mm-hmm. a good way to make him angry. But in this case, Klaus kind of stares at him and doesn't, doesn't like shout back at him immediately someone else i I like this line just because it's like kind of very character for dorian basically klaus just sort of like thin-lipped stares at him instead of like biting back at him someone else might not have considered this an opening but dorian had been chasing his major for years subsisting on barely existing perhaps mostly imagined hints of encouragement and a hope of success that was essentially based on pure self-confidence Seen in this light, the uncharacteristic lack of violent denial was almost an encouragement. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just want to point back to early fandom because, like, we're looking at, I'm looking at the fan translation here, and there's a note here in one of the panels that just says "good old hurt comfort." Oh no, you're right. That's added about, by the author, isn't yeah, it? Talking about Klaus taking care of um, during after they got shot or something. So it's totally that dynamic of you know male male hurt comfort. That's right. Mm-hmm. Stoicism breaking that for like you know erotic tension yeah yeah though um it's going to be difficult for me to talk about Mm -hmm. um this is kind of the point where the fanfic pivots yeah um we've gotten some clues and dorian is thinking about them 
Um, I mean, but he hasn't pieced anything together. He at hasn't. This point. No, and he continues to not to in a way that is heart wrenching. Honestly, there is like, um, I mean, first of all, yeah, there's a. First of all, I would like I would like to point to the great writing because when before you know, uh. Klaus violently turns on his godfather. Mm-hmm. He he sees him for the first time and he says something like, Klaus, who hadn't seen him for over 10 years, found himself stupidly surprised at the fact he'd been touched and changed by something as banal as time. He was smaller than Klaus, and somehow this was by far the most surprising thing about the encounter. Mm-hmm. So this is your first clue, but you don't really get there until... well. Yeah, it's a it's a weird story progression. What happens here is that Gloria kind of, you know, forces himself on Klaus, but like Klaus goes along with it more or less and they sleep together. Afterwards, like I'm summarizing the plot here quick. Afterwards, Gloria pieces everything together and he's like, oh shit, there was some kind of like childhood sexual yeah. abuse here with like, you know, Klaus and his and his godfather. And then he feels really, really bad, but probably not bad enough. About the way that he's been, you know, a total, I don't know how to describe Gloria's uh, demeanor. Predator? Predator, yeah, basically. (laughs) Yes. And now, I don't want to linger too long on this, though it is a significant portion of the fanfic. Um, And we, like, definitely uh, will have some trigger warnings lots of trigger warnings Mm -hmm. because like there is um this the the sex scene the first time is it from dorian's perspective it's like makes you like want to like cry and scream at the same time because you can see that dorian is sensing something is wrong but he but he's doesn't going understand ahead anyway, yeah. what it is absolutely like, he has no context well he's, and then when he's he, got he no realizes it also, he I, he finally pieces it together after the fact and then like throws up until he's like throwing up bile well um, it's really fucking intense i think it works for the character which is weird because like does, like yes. like that that established kind of like willful self-denial or like He's a character who's willing to go along with the interpretation of things that serves him best without thinking too hard about it. Right? Right. It's so complicated because like And it's not you that know, he's trying to be evil. It's yeah. just that like he's he's taking the easy mental route. Yeah, in the first chapter they they see a painting that they know is a fraud, but he takes it anyway because he likes it aesthetically. That's right. I, Indeed. I, I, I really like that character point in the manga where it's they're like, We're gonna steal this, it's not worth anything. It's like I decide what's what it's worth mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. So we're taking it right anyway yeah. uh no it works with the character but yeah it's rough it, it does it, and that's the thing is that like i had like really conflicted feelings at first like reading that i was like uh what are you trying to do here because the way the sex scene is written is like it's detailed and very detailedly uncomfortable but like it's supposed to be um it's pretty dang real um, but it does not make you like Dorian very much. <laughs> well, like and I yet said, you're in his head and you still feel sympathetic to him because at least I did because of 
his naivety and because of his reaction when he finds out that he bet at assault, basically, he, he realizes it. Like, and also just yeah, like not only about that, but it's like, oh, I've I've been like. You know, presumably bringing back bad memories for Klaus, like, repeatedly over the whole course of their relationship, right? Right. Um, and, but the odd thing is, then it just kind of goes on. They kind of, Klaus has this, I do, I do also kind of like the, the attitude in which he approaches the situation, where, like, he doesn't seem to be holding a grudge over the sexual encounter towards Gloria. On the contrary, He's like, well, I don't want to think about it, but I'm too badass a man to not, you know, deal with with things. And it's like, looks like I'm attracted to men because I have to deal with that. Like, it's, well, a, it's no, a weird, it's a weird angle. It's beyond that. <laughs> we, as we shift back into Klaus's perspective, he conducts a scientific experiment uh-huh. to figure out if he is gay, right? Because he kind of explains. I've seen that episode that, of Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> Well, that, that's just the queer experiment. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say that, like, <laughs> my God, this fanfic is so much. Uh, I mean, it's really well written, but like a lot. Uh, no, he's like, Klaus just like explains, you know, to himself, basically, like, um, never mind. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're saying Klaus is going online and taking the Am I Gay quizzes. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like Which in real life. If you if you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's what I was gonna say is that like you switch back into his perspective and it's very shocking because you know, Dorian has been dry heaving for hours over the idea that he assaulted someone. Mm-hmm. And Klaus is like, now I must conduct this experiment to find out if I'm actually gay. What what's the tone of this fanfic? Because like that sounds like serious and this sounds it bounces back and forth between drama yeah. and character-based light humor. Okay. And if I had any criticism of it, and I know we're going to get to that part, that would be it, is that, like, it takes you on a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> and I don't know if that's necessary. Um, I mean, I might take it over just, like, being way down yeah, there in the trenches no. the whole time. Dude, like, having that lighthearted moment because you okay so you bounce back and klaus has to hang out with these this aristocratic woman and her mm-hmm. two daughters and we already know he's being pressured to marry some girl and he's just like oh i can't stand this blah 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 and then all of a sudden he sees dorian he's dorian's car he's like that has to be him and he sees him come out and he's like i'd recognize that blue vest anywhere i like how the doesn't put it like that but you know the, the family friend and the two daughters who like they're trying to set klaus up with mm-hmm. they're me like who's that and he's like oh yeah that's uh, the earl of gloria he's also an extremely rich aristocrat yeah go go try to hit on him good luck <laughs> and like <laughs> and they do yeah and then because he's so like chastised of himself like Dorian even puts up with it. Klaus is like, wow, he's being super patient with this, like, making small talk and, like, being very pleasant and, like, not doing outrageous things. There's multiple times this fanfic where Klaus notes that, like, sometimes Dorian falls into, like, real camp gay behavior and other times he doesn't. Klaus prefers it when he doesn't. And, um, I don't know, it's just, like, him... Yeah, anyway, like, right, right. It's amusing, right? It's amusing after the... The dark stuff. <laughs> well, was it amusing? Were, were you amused at this point reading? 
<laughs> Big I had to no, I I had to stop and cry for a little bit because that scene was really really devastating. Um, just yeah, the the fact uh, how real it was, um, and how I think there's a couple things in my notes. Um, what is Tori? Slow down before you start taking notes again. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is this is why active verbal consent is so important. Mm -hmm. Well, what this scene does give us, besides a little bit of lightheartedness, by the way, because I'm sorry, I'm trying to like move forward. In, no, I know. Is I I was just going to say, yeah, if you stop for a second and get right. it back into that scene, then yeah, you're like, <laughs> okay, tone's picking back up. It's great writing. We love it, right? And it does give the obviously necessary scene of Klaus taking a step backward, watching Dorian, talking with other people, thinking about him and how he feels about him. And he's got like three paragraphs of that where he's like, that man is super, super irritating, mm -hmm. but I don't hate him. He's essentially harmless. He's kind of like a big child. And actually, it's kind of endearing that he has such enthusiasm for and, and like cheer for, towards life. And like that he's retained that kind of like childhood, you know, purity of heart is pure of heart is one of the phrases he used. But like in, in his own strange, debauched way, he was an innocent, pure of heart and as naive as a newborn. N not buying that, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is necessary in the story for Klaus to be like, do I have any affection for this man? And for mm -hmm. him to be like, yeah, I do. Like, you know, it's a beat that needed to happen narratively. Mm -hmm. um, and then he kind of decides, he's like, okay, let's go get dinner. And, um, you know, like offhandedly at the end of the sexual encounter, like uh, Dorian had proposed, like how, you know, there's a, there's a great restaurant nearby. Like, and the class just like the restaurant you mentioned, eight o'clock, meet me there. And, you know, they do and they have a date. And that's coming up towards the, like kind of the last fourth of the fanfic. Yeah. What the hell is this fanfic? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing is that it's very well written um, and it's trying to keep in the tone of the source while still exploring very heavy themes. Um, and the, the, the tone of the source is not that dark. No. And so no, like it keeps bouncing back to this baseline mm -hmm. of kind of like goof Yeah. almost no the t tone of the source is very wackadoo crazy not yeah. serious yeah right i think we mentioned at one point like klaus shows up pursuing dorian in a tank mm -hmm. in a city mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. just like whatever yeah 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 and there's like a there's a zenigata police character that mm -hmm. keeps on showing up in bad disguises right all the time and like why is this it, it's like a it, it's a gag i'll, I'll give almost. you anything that he stops showing up later in the series <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they've got a date. It lasts a long time. It's fairly, it's fairly extensive, and they have a whole lot of dialogue. It's kind of, it's one of those scenes where like fanfic authors write, and it's like just the fanfic author enjoying being in the voices of these characters going back and forth with each other. Like they enjoy the dynamic between these two characters. I'm gonna write some, and they do. Yeah, I, I don't write like that, mm -hmm. but I do things like that before I go to sleep and have <laughs> I do like after the Bane dialogue when they're describing the rest of the date I like that it mentions um kind of uh, Klaus kind of runs out of things to say 
Fortunately, Dorian had now settled in for a long chatting session and needed little encouragement from the major to hold an yeah. amazingly <laughs> animated and far-ranging conversation, more or less completely by himself. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, class class is reserved and he's in his own head. And I love this too because like there's this whole thing, like obviously, okay, this experiment is to go on a date and have sex and find out if he's right. attracted to guys, basically, is the idea. And it's like, in Klaus's perspective, once he'd found the right angle of approach for the problem, it really wasn't all that alien. Just another problem to be solved. Another ominous mystery to be cleared up. It's destructive potential safely dissipated. And uh, it goes odd. But like, I just love that kind of like analytic perspective that he finds comfort in. And I think mm -hmm. that's part of like the regrounding of the thick from Dorian's emotional response to the idea that he might have committed an assault, right? That is um, is like so overwhelming um, because it's a long scene of you seeing mm -hmm. Klaus withdrawing and withdrawing, withdrawing, and Dorian not noticing until he's finally done. And it's like, oh my God, you get into this person, you get the little comedy and then you get back into this perspective which is just like yeah class class is fine he's just gonna analyze the situation and figure out what he needs to do maybe if you just clamp down on feelings hard enough they'll go away yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it is like it is strangely comforting to be in the analytical mode even though you know that it is um a self mm -hmm. a defense mechanism mm -hmm. sure sure yeah no it's it's still pleasant the way the author is writing being in his head it's not fortress or anything um and anyway, they have their date, they go back to Gloria's hotel, and they have sex again, and that's another, you know, fairly lengthy uh, scene. Yeah. And I don't think there's much to say about that, other than, like, sometimes Dorian shows a little bit, this is, I think, mostly from Klaus's perspective, yeah, this sex scene's from Klaus's perspective, that was from Dorian's. Uh, Dorian shows a little bit of hesitancy that surprises Klaus, but like Klaus doesn't know how he felt after the last time. And I don't know, I, I think it goes fairly well between them, even though, again, I feel like, especially after last experience, Dorian should really be asking for a lot more consent, but whatever. <laughs> um, and Klaus concludes, well, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I have to deal with that. Yep. It, it's well. It's actually interesting. I was kind of surprised the way the the thing wrapped up because, like Gloria, we've had enough of his perspective, Dorian's perspective, for him to be like Klaus is different from other men. Like you know, I I could imagine being with him forever. Like you know, he's he's the one that I'm in love with. And by the very end of the story, Klaus is like, well, I'm still gonna have to get married and have some kids, but I guess maybe I can have sex with this guy sometimes. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he reflects like I think his his main reflection, right, is like he even reflects that he's not really ever been attracted to like anyone other than Dorian too. Mm -hmm, right. Like there's that other component, but yeah, he's like, well, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like for him, that's his like commitment. That's his relationship commitment, right? Is yeah. like, <laughs> or or he's just like demisexual or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's like that, that's the end of a last scene at NATO, but it doesn't really matter too much. He's a NATO guy, by the way, because as we know, NATO is a very effective military organization that uses tanks and, you know, has people with lots of authority that go around chasing uh -huh. thieves. Depends on what point in NATO's history, but <laughs> <laughs> more recently, that seems 
likely. <laughs> yes. But as we know, this uh, manga was started in 1970. Yes, I don't so. think, we, think we mentioned Klaus was from West Germany. Yes. Which is an oh, important yes. distinction. Mm-hmm. It is very important indeed. And in fact, there is the manga does bring up something early on about the East Germans. One of the Takarazuka shows that I just saw in Japan when I was there, um, Flugel, is was a romance in the days leading up to the fall of the Berlin Wall between an East German and West mm. German. How the hell could you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the West German is a woman who's a famous singer and she's being brought over as a morale-boosting thing by the East German authorities to nope. like just kind of raise... <laughs> You know, yeah, whatever. Stop. (laughs) That's not what they're doing. (laughs) They did, however, knock a hole in a giant wall on stage, and it was very impressive. That sounds fun. (laughs) Sounds like a fun stage play. The story is a. Uh, We're not talking about history. We're talking about Takarazuka. Yeah. So anyway, the other show we saw. (laughs) No, they've never done um, from Aroka with love. By the way, it it is being turned into a like stage production like this year but not by Takarazuka. If I watch uh, Takarazuka, do I ha- have to see the characters as men? Um I mean that's no. up to you. Cuz I'd rather not. <laughs> I mean I feel like that's kind of the point is that there's flexibility and ambiguity there. Yeah, I thought the point was to make straight women feel safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also definitely that. it's definitely that thing where it's like they're not trying, I mean, just like, just like Kabuki or like any of these, you know, like one, one sex art forms or whatever. Right. They're always saying like, no, we're not trying okay. to perform like a real like person of that gender. Mm. We're trying to perform this version of that performance of gender. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause like, <laughs> if you look at the way they do makeup and styling in Takarazuka mm-hmm. like they're not trying to hide the fact that these people are women that makeup is elaborate and very like feminine mm-hmm. um quote unquote sorry we're totally talking about Takarazuka now <laughs> look this fanfic kind of like blew my mind out a little bit like reflecting on that yeah that's I cannot get over that scene like this, well, the first sex scene like it is so fucking intense it's really intense i do want to say in terms of that klaus backstory that they you know create for this they don't go into that i appreciate that the important part is gloria realizing some shit went down mm-hmm. and we do not need to know the details gloria does not need to know the details and the details are not provided <sighs> but mm. the details that are provided is well, like yeah yeah is that yeah i don't know i don't know i said i wouldn't talk about it and i won't it i will i i think i already said it's extremely well described from a perspective of someone who is slowly starting to realize that someone might be capitulating to their advances because of their trauma mm-hmm. and because they're not able to say no because of their trauma and it's from the person's perspective who's like doing that yeah and that is just so hard because you can't blame them for not understanding, but act of verbal consent, but also like 1978, but also like, it, it, it hurts because you could imagine yourself in that position making the same mistake. At least I can. Yeah. Um, like you don't, don't know what people are thinking. Right. You can't right. together till afterwards. Yeah. Like he interprets active 
consent from Klaus's body language and it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not um, used to dealing with trauma, you don't know what to look for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that about brings us to the end of our discussion, I think. Uh, it's been very interesting, but what was the thing that we liked least about the fanfic? Not the manga, just the fanfic. (laughs) Well, like, I kind of want to lead this off because, um, I formulated my thought and I apologize first for talking in circles around that first scene, but it was very affecting. And I think what was... I mentioned it is comforting to be back in Klaus's logical perspective for the, the the second scene, but there's a way in which you do, the author does a good job of making you understand that it is a coping mechanism, but they also kind of jump into it in a way that kind of, it's almost defeating to that first initial experience of trauma that you only see from Dorian's perspective. So you don't see... Um, Klaus's perspective on his own trauma and it's been very well established in the fic that um, he's never enjoyed sex and blah 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 and so for it to jump very quickly into like oh this is enjoyable and this is supposed to be I mean I think the author's intent was that that's supposed to be a fun sex scene at the end mm-hmm. I was still really kind of caught up maybe that's just very personal for me but caught up in that emotional experience of the first scene and and thinking you know this coping mechanism um is his way of dealing with this and so i felt like it was i guess truncated in that sense that how does he how is he jumping into having an enjoyable experience without any process of what that trauma was it's not even directly identified it's only from dorian's perspective that we get the idea that he was molested as a child. And so I find that to be a bit difficult to rectify in terms of the entire arc of the story. Or you thought maybe that was just you. It's not. That was exactly going to be my complaint, except I was going to say it way less articulately. (laughs) I was just going to say, yeah, it seems like as far as the story is concerned, Klaus just bounces back from that experience and it's fine. Like the the story just wants you to be like, no, it's fine. We're, we're, We're continuing from here. And it's weird. Like I... Even I, I was not like as emotionally affected as you, but narratively, it was strange. And I think that's a big weakness in the story being such a pivotal thing after all. It feels weird. It's like, oh, we're just, I guess we're just moving on. And like now, now it's more like a romance. It's everything's cool. Okay. I guess everything's cool, but it's strange. And I, I, that was also going to be my exact same complaint. Yeah. It's a huge tonal shift, I guess. Like, I mean, well, it's tonal, but also just like, it feels like they just dropped a thread on like, like the key thread on character development to some extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But should we move on to our favorite things then? Well, did you actually like this fanfic? You think? Did I like it? Yeah. I've got to say, I liked being in, I liked a lot of the character writing. Mm. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed the fanfic as a whole, personally. Mm. But I, I think that's just a personal experience type thing. Yeah. It's not like it was badly written in terms of like the nuts and bolts of like the writing. And like I said, I thought, yeah, the voices and dialogue were often very enjoyable. Yeah, I actually like, I think all the pieces are there mm-hmm. because in that exploration, it's like it just needed more of a connection between the parts and more depth. Um, 
that's what I say would say would could be improved. I frequently say, um, you know, if my notes are mostly quotes from the fic, then I enjoyed it. That's a good sign, right? Mm -hmm. It's a good sign. Yeah. Um, the writing is very solid. I think, um, maybe it was just the flaw that they didn't, that for me, they could have done a little bit more in-depth exploration because they wanted to tackle big concepts. Mm -hmm. But they bit off maybe a little bit more than they were prepared to mm -hmm. fully digest. Certainly, and especially because, you know, at the points where they maintain the tone of the source, which is very, you know, gag and humor. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot they were trying to do, you know. Well, of the things they did, what was your favorite part? And Della, I'm just ignoring you because you didn't actually read the fanfic and you're just keeping us company. Yeah, again, I'm the middle child. I'm used to it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Della's here to try to diffuse the, like, extreme, you know interpersonal chemistry tension that would just be filling the room if it was just me and Tori. Well, you know, I, I have I have a, a boomer parent, so I'm used to kind of diffusing tense situations. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> uh. Wait, did you say you had intense... Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, favorite parts. Yeah, let's let's just uh, jump into maybe the more lighthearted stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. I have several great quotes like um, the Earl of Red Gloria, being Dorian, uh, was draped artistically over the front desk, all sunlight blonde curls and midnight <laughs> blue satin, one hand negligently splayed on the counter, the other one stemmed into his waist, gathering back the folds of the voluminous cloak and holding the hat. He was wearing a billowy white blouse, black trousers, and thigh-high black boots beneath the wrap. The only thing missing was a sword. From the ridiculous clothing to the elaborate calculated pose, everything about the man was too much, too extravagant, <laughs> too obviously calculated to draw attention, too exuberant, too loud, too everything. Taking a deep breath, how steeled himself. And that's right before they have their second sexual encounter. So, like, the description is very accurate to some of the kind of, like, beautiful artistry of... This is a manga that pays so much attention to hair and yeah. clothing and mm -hmm. poses and form. Yeah, the posing you know? is, you're right, it's very distinct, right? Yeah, I, I can imagine that panel in the manga, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very evocative. I was just glancing through like the this part at the beginning of not the, like the cover image for chapter two in this copy I have. Mm -hmm. And just this image of Klaus putting on a glove. <laughs> and it's just, well, I mean, also there's like Dorian doing some kind of like, I don't even know what kind of pose that is, but but like putting on a glove, it's like not something everyone would bother drawing. It's like not in the service of anything here. It's just kind of like the physical like motion posing of it. Yeah. Yeah. The manga is very concerned with that kind of thing. Yeah. Dorian does a lot of like fashion poses. Yeah. Fashion poses. That's R right. Runway kind of, model. The runway model. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he walked to the end of that and then he strikes that pose the, or whatever. The, the interned yeah. arm with the, with the, <laughs> the hip. To, yeah. It's, it's very Young yeah. America's next top model. <laughs> so yeah, Tori, I agree. It's very accurate. And there's also like some really good points of humor. So mm -hmm. just one more quote that I'll let you go about. I swear. <laughs> sure, sure. But um, this is a good like humor um, when they're dealing with accountants. Countess uh, Klaus is dealing with the countess and her daughters. Uh, the countess stopped and snagged Klaus's sleeve. He tried to jerk the fabric from her grasp, glaring at the woman indignantly. But she was unimpressed and held on firmly. You must introduce this, Klaus. How the hell do you? Oh, how well do you know the? 
How well do you know the Earl? How the hell do you know the Earl? How well do you know the Earl? That's also a good question. That would be great, huh? (laughs) The major turned up the intensity of his glare until it reached the dimensions of a full glower. (laughs) The expression had made trained KGB agents drop their guns in sheer fright and made even his superiors take cover. But Hedwiga, the countess, with countless generations of high-handed and often fatally self-confident nobility in her blood to back her up, was completely unfazed. (laughs) Fatally self-confident nobility. Uh That's just... so good. There's That's a lot good. of acknowledgement, like a lot of their aristocratic ancestors were like, you know, I don't know, bizarre, <laughs> crazy, sometimes vicious, horrible people. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I do like also mentioning how Klaus working against KGB agents being <laughs> West German. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they remembered their history here. Uh, and for, I, I mean, for my praise, it's, it's got to be the character stuff. Like, I feel like there's, there's these moments where like, outside of like the main main plot just where like the they're making a point of showing how these characters act or think there was one part that kind of like for some reason stuck in my mind with like klaus thinking about dorian and being like the thing that he really can't like one of the things he can't understand the most is why he's openly gay because he's like that guy is smart and he can plan things and it would be easier just to hide it why why would you be out and it's just like such a character <laughs> moment, not for Gloria, but for Klaus being like, his mind has trouble thinking about anything like that, where it's not the kind of go along with the easiest, like, you know, most like cultural normy kind of like thing that he could be doing. No, it's it's a very baby gay moment. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it suits the era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, anyway, th- th- not that that moment is my favorite, but just like those kind of like check-ins with the characters' perspectives, even like outside of the main story, I I found it really fun. And there's such strong characters in the term of like you know, in the sense of like drinking strong tea, you're like, oh dang, there's a lot of character. Like th- this character is really strong flavor. There's such like <laughs> strong characters in that sense that like clearly it's fun for the writer too to just like do stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And like clearly this fanfic was affecting to us and you know, so it, it accomplished something emotionally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was, but it, it was something. I always wonder about that, how I feel about pieces of art and things that like actively provoke an emotional reaction. It's like, is that is that a good thing? Is that what I'm looking for? It's kind of interesting. Or like amazing if you think about a big picture being able to create like, like a real emotion out of something from a you know something made up a lie you mm-hmm. know mm. yeah. yeah well i don't know yeah well sorry if it was some rough going sometimes as usual i did not read the fanfic before recommending it i just found a recommendation and was like okay let's read it and there wasn't trigger warnings and stuff on oh those. no this yeah this predates trigger warnings yeah. yeah. Um, but we will, you know, obviously in the episode description, put in the content warning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, can do I that guess on if, we're, if, yeah. we're, if we're getting to this point, you've already listened to us <laughs> talk there. about it. Yeah. They just Oops. skipped ahead because they like the credits. You know, that, that's probably everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> it's the one I, part I listen to the most to make sure it gets <laughs> cut together right. <laughs> well, then I, I probably shouldn't keep my devoted credit fans waiting. <laughs> However, this was episode 163 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. Peripatia. 
by Sylvia. Bless it you. is a From Eroica with Love fanfic that can be found these days on the Wayback Machine, where I will be providing a link to during the show notes. The intro song for the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album, and you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Luminous Della Rose, Wait, the, the Countess <laughs> of Green Place. <laughs> yeah, this is a green place. You don't have to credit me when I'm on the episode, I think. You know? uh, but you're still editing it, though. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> this episode was edited by Della Rose of Versailles. <laughs> hey, yeah, that was a good one. There you go. By the way, my psychic power is being able to tell what the twist of a show is two seconds before the characters themselves say it. <laughs> <laughs> so not enough time to tell anyone you're watching with and show off or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go, oh, then it happens. <laughs> I've experienced this and it's true. <laughs> you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. You, if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can find us, I guess, on Twitter still at RetroFanfic. Maybe not for uh, much longer. Maybe maybe Facebook, if that still exists, at Retro... Just send us an email, how about, okay? How about RetroFanficRetrospective yeah. at gmail.com? Well, we got an email in there that, that hasn't been responded to yet, too. Oh, is that right? I, yeah. I have not been checking for a while. I've been out to lunch. Do we have a TikTok? What's TikTok? <laughs> I don't... We, we, we would need I've clips. <laughs> Okay. Episodes? I, well, look, I, I promise I'll check email again now that I'm actually back on the job yeah, we'll, and getting paid again. We'll, we'll put uh, this. memeable sounds on TikTok that other people can use for content. Yeah, I still don't know what TikTok is. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> or younger, I think that'd be more appropriate. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> well, I am aging in reverse. <laughs> All right. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, from Retrofanfic Retrospective, with love. Okay. Or, you know, I, I don't know you. You're probably nice, like maybe. <laughs> oh, man. Let, let's hang out for a bit and see what happens. <laughs> next episode will just be us all laughing at the same time. <laughs>